man speaking, <clears throat> speaking of daughters of the house, um, I want to give Lydia some time here. I don't want to take up any more of her time. Uh, but <clears throat> just briefly, I want to tell you that, you know, seeing, even having Gabe back and seeing him grow up and married and, <clears throat> and moved, moved to Florida, um, same with Lydia. She's like, I mean, all of you guys are like family, but I mean, Lydia was like in youth. She's one of the babies that I've, I was her youth pastor and then I was her pastor. But more importantly, we're, we're family and she is a, a daughter of Christ and she's a daughter of this house. And I want you guys to, to listen to what she has to say. <laughs> she's going to give you a little bit of, of her story. So Lydia Turner, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Hey. Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, we were talking um, last night about the, the plan for today and how interesting it is to have your sixth year as pastor being today. And um, that today is my last Sunday here before being sent out. <laughs> um, and I do want to honor you guys, you and Tracy. Um, just for all of the love and care and mentorship that you guys have have given me, that I know you have given Gabriel and so many others who, just like from the time that we were in youth, that um, you guys purposefully made an environment where it was safe to learn and where we weren't criticized for not having the right answers. <laughs> um, but you discipled us and have continued to disciple me. Um, outside of youth. I just want to say thank you because not everybody wants to take the time with young people because we're cantankerous and we're learning and it's messy and it is very full of life. Um, but I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness and that it doesn't go unnoticed even after all of us move away. Um, that those years that you've poured into me and poured into us, that that legacy lives on wherever we go. So a huge portion of the reason that I'm here and that I'm going now is because of your faithfulness in my life, and I'm so indebted to you both and to the God in you. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so I have been at this church um, since I was 10, I believe, since I was 10. Um, we came here shortly after my family had moved to Honduras and then returned and then um, found that we needed a new place to call home church-wise. Um, and we had been in Honduras for five months, and it was kind of a mess, if you know anything about um, our story there. And I won't get too much into it. Um, but we left really hurt and really broken because we had, my parents and our family, we had done what we felt like the Lord called us to do. And um, things don't always go the way that you plan. Um, and so we came here and found a place of healing and a place where people called us family and asked nothing of us except that we would rest and heal and allow ourselves to open our hearts and be poured into as family, not just as bodies in the seats. And um, this place has been a place of healing. It's like an oasis. Hello. I'm going to move this because I move around too much to sit. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I will try to stay on the stage, I promise. <laughs> um, and for me, it also involved a softening of my heart. Um, when you grow up in the church, when you grow up with your parents as your children's pastors, which, by the way, they were so much fun. You guys, my parents were the best children's pastors. And then in a family of worship where you have grandparents who also are pastors, some of them right here. Um, so you grow up in ministry, you grow up around church, you grow up around what you believe the church is and what you believe God is. And at some point, God becomes not the God of your family, but the God of yourself. And I found him as the God of myself here. And um, I remember going to Camp Cletus in sixth grade, and uh, where I wasn't around my family, and I was with some of my friends, but not very many, and with some people who I kind of knew, but didn't really know much about other than like, hi, how you doing? Okay, bye. And um, man, I found the Lord for myself, and I felt I don't know, it was one of those points where it's like, yeah, I know that he's actually moving on me, and it's not because of what everybody else is doing. And he started doing something in my heart, and I just was like lit ablaze. I was ready, and I loved the Lord, and I was like, I am in it for the long haul. I want to walk with Jesus. And I had been saved before that, but there are sometimes markers. It's like when we talk about love, that yes, it's not just a word that we throw around, and it's not only encapsulated in the vow that you make when you get married, is that you continually choose, and I'm saying this as somebody who's not married, but this is something that I've still learned in my life, is that you choose to say yes to love, and that you make the vow, or you make a promise, you say, I will love you as long as I live, and then you get to a point where it's like, even in this situation, are you sure? Do you want to save your data before quitting? And it's like, yes, I'm sure. And you keep going. And then you get to a new situation where you're like, this is not originally what I signed up for. <laughs> I did not sign up for the, the craziness that comes with following Jesus. And he's like, are you sure? He's like, when I, he's, like he's inviting you to come closer and to, co and to walk into deeper places. Because if we're not ready, he's actually not necessarily going to be the one to push you. Because love is not a force that just transcends your boundaries because it believes it's better for you. It's that they actually want relationship with you. And so the Lord did that with me, too. Um, so when I was at this church, I started, you know, I grew up seeing Delia healed in the Bay of the Holy Spirit. I think I was 14 or 15, um, and I was there for that service. And I was actually, um, I remember seeing the videos from the next few weeks of, of her healing. And when you see where you, yeah, I was in seventh grade. Like, what kind of faith does that build? It's like, praise God. Yeah, people do get out of wheelchairs. Or when you see, um, like, Amanda Amanda Lloyd, who was, I had just started on worship team at that point, and I had gotten to know her, and she mentored me while she was here. And then to see her healed of a disease that there was no cure for, that she had had for 12 years of her life, and to see the way that God impacted her. When you see the before and after, you can't go back after that. But then I also met people who used the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit as a badge, or that's what it seemed like. At that time, I was really young, and basically that we weren't spiritual enough, or that I, I felt like it was a deficiency for me, and so they left and went somewhere else, and because of that experience, I just became really afraid, because I'm like, if that's what the Holy Spirit's like, then I'm not sure I want to touch that thing with a 10-foot pole right now, because if I get too close, am I just not going to be enough? 
because it was all about I'm not enough. And I'm not, I have to learn as much as I can so that I can be and so that I won't be rejected. Because surely that's what God is like. Even if that wasn't what I said, that's how it felt. And so I lived that way for years um, where I was kind of like learning. And I I remembered the things that I had learned um, with the Holy Spirit and some about like, you know, giving words or, or whatever. And so like sometimes those things would happen, but it was like I had shut off a tap. So it was just like a drip. And I was just afraid. And getting in, this is like through high school, getting into college. Um, Some of you will probably remember in 2019, I also left, but I went for Spain for six weeks to study abroad. Um, But all that winter and the spring leading up to that summer, the Lord had really distinctly been like, hey, I have something to show you, and I'm not going to tell you yet, but I need you to prepare. And I'm like, how do you prepare for something that you don't know is going to happen? He's like, you'll know. Just, Just stay close to me. Stay close by, and I'm going to be right there with you. I just need you to pay attention. I'm like, okay. So I go to Spain, and I had started reading a book about emotionally healthy spirituality. Some of you might have read. Um, But what that book did for me was just kind of like open that dialogue again with the Lord and actually let him into the parts of my heart that had been really hurt. And in that came healing. And in that came healing the image that I had created or that had been shaped over the years of God. And so I'm in a city in a country that I had never known before. And I am, you know, like I'll finish my classes and I'd sit there and be like, all right, Lord, what do we want to do? And like trying to listen to the Lord's voice. I was like, I don't know if I'm making this up or if, or if you're actually speaking to me. Like I can't tell the difference and I don't know what's going on. So can you just help me? Can you give me practice? He's like, okay. And so my homework outside of classes was listening to the Holy Spirit. And so he would say, and so I'd just be like, all right, what do we do? And he'd be like, we're going to go walk this way. I'm like, okay. What do we do now? Go take a turn right here. Okay. And then he would take me places. Like he took me to parks that I didn't know existed. Um, He, (laughs) I remember one time um, I had been eating in like the cafeteria at college. All of the other people that I had known had already left. And he was, I was just going to go sit by myself and read my book like I do. And he's like, hey, why don't you go sit over with those people? And I'm like, why would I do that? I don't really want to hang out with anybody. He's like, it'll be fun. I'm like, okay. So I sit next to these people. And one of these girls who I'd never really, I didn't even know her name. Um, we get to talking. And it turns out that she's from Birmingham in Madrid. Okay. And we start walking around and hanging out. And we end up spending hours and hours together. Um, because her boyfriend at the time was actually in seminary. And we started talking about Jesus. And she had really needed somebody to pour into her because she was missing her family. And so we actually got to talk about the Lord and talking about how he meets us where we are. And it was little things like that over the years um, where I stopped relying on my own capability, which can be easy when you can actually do a lot of things and handle yourself fairly well, and leaning into the mystery of the Lord. Because if we try to figure everything out about him, there is actually no room for relationship, and there's no room for surprise. And he loves surprises. Because as it turns out, he actually knows everything that we don't. And he knows all the things that we do know. Um, 
But life is infinitely more fun and more rewarding when we walk in faith. And so when it came to trying to plan out a future for myself after college and doing what I thought I was supposed to do, I was going to go work in a, in a consulate. I wanted to go be a diplomat um, in other countries and all of this stuff because I felt like I, I should use what I had. Um, like, you know, you take good classes, you know languages, and you can learn them pretty well, so maybe you should go do this thing. And that's what my professors told me too. And they're like, that's a great idea. You're going to make us look so good. And... Um, the Lord basically put a hard stop on that. He was like, I want you to actually let me teach you how to do what I made you for. There's a reason that you're having trouble with all of these research projects and why you hate these fellowships that you get into in college, and it's because I'm not taking you that way. If you would let me lead you, I'd actually lead you into something that's better than what you could plan for yourself. And so in faith, I stopped my research and... I graduated and ended up being fine. I didn't get all the honors that I could have, but it was worth it. And I was like, all right, Lord, what are we doing? I'm going to try to wrap this up. I know it's a little past 12, but... Um, and so at, the, at that time, I, was, I had been working um, on my research, and a lot of times I've been stopping at a coffee shop called Rooted and Grounded, where I now work <laughs> for one more day. <laughs> Um, and they had, like, I had gotten to know some of the staff while I'd been there because they had prayed for me about this whole situation and been keeping up with me and um, just asking the Lord to lead me. And it turns out that they were hiring at one point, and I was sick of my own job. And so I applied, and I walk in, and I didn't, like, I knew it was a Christian coffee shop, and I knew that the moment that I walked in, because I hadn't been looking for Rooted and Grounded, I just drove by it, and I was like, oh, let's go there. And you walk in to the door, and I felt like I was at home. It felt like the moments that I remembered when I first started falling in love with the Lord. It felt like a place where I knew that I could just feel the Lord all around me. And I look around, and then I see the stuff on the walls, and I'm like, oh, these are scriptures. Oh, there's music playing that's worship. And getting to know their hearts. But I just thought it was a coffee shop that was Christian. And so I sit down with... Uh, with Pam and Caroline, and they start telling me about how the Lord even got them to start it, because they're not coffee fiends, and they never really have been, but they are freaking crazy about Jesus, <laughs> and at that point, is like, we, the first thing that we do is we are a ministry, and we're a place for the body to come together, and for people who don't necessarily have a church family, and then we also do coffee. And basically giving me that preface of like, if you're kind of coming for the ride, you got to be prepared that it's not just a coffee place, that we want to minister to people and talk about Jesus. And if I had heard somebody talking about that like four or five years before, I literally would have laughed. Because I'm like, that's not, you just want to make coffee. But no, it's, it's about Jesus. And um, knowing that like, yes, this is, this is where I was supposed to be. Just like a huge yes from the Lord in the spirit. I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you for leading me. Um, and I've been working there almost a year at this point. And it's been another place where it's been safe to actually learn how to hear the Lord for myself and walk with the Lord. Because if we look at the life of Jesus, when, um, when he heals the man who was, sorry, I don't remember the verse references, but I remember the stories. I know that they're in there. I promise. <laughs> 
when he heals a man who can't walk on the Sabbath. And then the Pharisees are like, what are you doing? Like, that's against, that's against, like, or why are you working? You're telling this man to, like, pick up his mat. That's illegal. And Jesus is like, I only do what I see the Father do. How did he know what the Father was doing? He only knew what the Father was doing was because he was listening to him. And when the Lord started wooing me back to him and wooing me back to the Holy Spirit, he told me, I, I straight up, I sat there and I actually apologized. And I was like, I'm sorry that I was afraid of you and that I shut you off because I thought I didn't. I thought it was more of a risk to have you around than a, than a reward. And the Lord told me, if you want to see somebody who walks with the Holy Spirit, you need to look at the life of Jesus because he did it the best. Because this whole relationship with everything that Jesus does, we talk about what would Jesus do. It's not just that he went around and healed people and that he spoke words and that he taught. It's that every action that he took, he listened to the Father through the Holy Spirit and he went. And if it was good enough for Jesus, then darn it, it should be good enough for us. It's good enough for me. I'm not going to, I don't want to try to do things out of my own strength anymore. I want to walk like Jesus walked because if it's good enough for him to die for and to come, like to willingly come and die, then it must be worth something. We're not made to just read the Bible as words on a page. We are made to learn, but we are also made to be sent out and to live because it's our legacy. This is our inheritance. It's the life of Jesus. And so if it looks crazy to everybody else, then so be it because we know that it's worth it. And there are generations on generations who have taken the promises of God in hand and kept walking forward because they believed this God is worth it. He's the one true living God, and I'm not going to serve another because I know that he is good and that he actually means what he says. And so when it came, so like, yeah, if it means that I'm not going to go do research, and I'm not going to do research. I'm going to walk with Jesus. And the only reason that I was going to go to Honduras the way that I did was because the last time I went in 2015, it was the last day of the trip, and we were just hanging out at Little Caesars or something, and the Lord spoke to me, one of the clearest that he's ever spoken in my life, and he said, the next time that you come back, it's going to be longer than a week. And I was like, okay. And sometimes over years, like I, mom and dad would ask me, you want to go this year? We're going to take a trip? And I'd be like, nope. I can't do it because I have to follow the Lord. And then he would ask me the next year, too, just to be sure. I'm like, no, I can't do it. And even then, sometimes I thought, like, am I crazy? Am I actually insane? Do I really hear the Lord? And over the time of training for when I wasn't there, it actually was better because now I can walk in more confidence of how to, like, learning the tone of the Father's voice. Because it would have been premature if I had gone earlier. Even I tried to go back in summer of 2020. We all know how 2020 went. So I wasn't able to go then. But even in the past year or two, the way that the Lord has taught the tone of his voice and taught me more about how to be brave and how to trust him, it's been invaluable. And in the summer, the Lord was like, hey, remember this dream that we had, you and me, about going back when the time is right? I want you to start walking that direction again. And I was like, okay. And, you know, asking the Lord for, for confirmation 
has been great, you know? Like, also, there have been people in my life who have actually been able to speak into me. People who didn't know I was thinking about going long-term, who were coming up to me and be like, you know what? You know where you need to go? You need to go hang out with Kim and Pablo. Or before I had even asked if I could join them, that I, I texted Kim and Pablo, and I was like, hey, I would like to come intern with you guys at some point, and this is in 2020. And she was like, man, we had been praying. She's like, I've been praying for the Lord to send people to help us, and the Lord put you on our hearts, and we've been praying for you to come. And it's these moments like here and there and here and there where, you know, you can read. Hmm. Nothing replaces experience with somebody. Someone can text you the words, I love you, but when they tell you face to face, you know there's a difference. It doesn't mean that person doesn't love you if they just send you the text. But I cannot unlearn the places that the Lord has brought me. And I can't turn back and think I don't need them anymore. Because it's about relationship. It's not just about a book. It's not just about some cool songs. And it is not about, it's not even just about like gathering donations or supplies for people. It's not just about the physical stuff. It's that it all is reflection of relationship. It's all about the secret place with the Lord that nobody else knows but you and him. And that is what carries us. And so if the Lord says go, to trust him, not because, like not, and not to hold back to think like, Lord, you, do you really need somebody there? Can't, can't somebody else do this? He's like, I'm asking you because there's a benefit in the relationship with us, and I see things that you don't see, the things that I've already planned, will you walk with me? Because not everybody is made to do what you were made to do. It doesn't always make sense, but it is infinitely and abundantly worth it to walk with the Lord. And if it means taking risks and moving for a certain amount of time, then that's great. Because the Lord told me, he's like, it's just, he only said it's longer than a week. And I know that it's temporary. And so I'm like, all right, let's see three months. That feels right so far. And if the Lord changes his mind, or if he decides, like, hey, can you stay a little longer? The willingness to say yes and to stay flexible. Because I trust him. And he's trustworthy. And so that's, that's, all I, that's all I really got. But... Um, <laughs> That's my story. So there you go. <laughs> it's funny you say. It's funny you say that. Do you remember uh, the first time we went to the ramp? Oh, yeah. And I prayed, and Mark was like, I, "You need to pray for the youth." I had just become a youth pastor, and at the very end, I probably should have just said, "Amen." It seems like the logical thing, but I said, "That's all I got." <laughs> so it's funny that you said that right now. I was like, "Did." Man, I could I could go on and on, but there there there's so many stories and so many cool things that we've seen over the years, um, just within our church and even with you specifically. But I do want to pray for you before you leave. Um, and if you will step down here, anybody else that wants to come join us, we're gonna pray <coughs> for Lydia.
Father, this is your daughter. Lord, she is, uh, has just told us so much about how she does hear your voice. I'm so thankful for that. That's such a gift. And Lord, I pray that as she goes, Lord, um, that you continue just to, uh, just as she said, just to woo her, to surprise her in the same way you've done with me and you've done with many others in this church um, and even outside this church, Lord, in your kingdom, Lord, that you have just opened their eyes to, to your kingdom and those sightings. So, Lord, I thank you that, that um, uh, first, Lord, I just thank you for her family. Lord, I thank you for Andrew and Melissa who has poured into her. Uh, as much as she's a daughter of this house, she's their daughter. And so, Father, I, I thank you that they have, have done such a great job in, in leading her and teaching her in love and in truth. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to have been uh, a part of her life for so long um, and be able to, to pour into her life. But she's taught me just as much as, as much as the young people did in youth. I've, taught just, I've learned just as much as I've taught in those areas. So, Father, I thank you for that opportunity. Lord, I pray just as we speak, Lord, you're already preparing a way for her. You already, you already have people hungry and thirsty for what she has to say. Lord, I thank you that, that you, you're so much bigger than we are. Just as David said, you're so much better. So much better than we thought. And so, Father, I pray uh, that you continue to open her eyes and her ears to your kingdom as she goes. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be a part of what she is doing in this, in this world, just to be a small part of it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And I thought about um, doing like a love offering, but I think I'm going to do a little bit better than that. Uh, we're going to figure out a way to long-term support her. She's got a good boost in the beginning with, uh, with, the, with the yard sales and some of the money that we've raised. But we're going to go ahead and put some things in the works that we can support her, at least for the next three months, when whatever she needs as a church body. Um, and then on whatever that looks like, wherever that goes. So we're going to do that. All right. We love you.